Hey, this is LOA Today, the Law of Attraction show. Welcome to LOA Today, Walt Thiessen and Joel Elston here. It's great to be here, Walt. I'm, I'm excited about what we're doing. Oh, it's so much fun. I mean, even just last week was our first show together, doing it as a, an actual official, official team, and, I mean, the energy was terrific. It was a great way to have a Thanksgiving holiday, that's for sure. It certainly was. Now, let's see. One of the things we mentioned, actually, you brought it up in our conversation last week, was the idea of the law of action and how important that is when it comes to trying to apply the law of attraction. And, and we agreed afterward, you know what, that's probably a pretty good topic for a show. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Why don't you just kind of uh, help frame it for us? What is the law of action all about? Well, with, with one of the things that I noticed early when I started discovering how the law of attraction works and what I need for me and other people that were trying to implement it, I, I didn't think it was, quote, unquote, working. And yeah, it's I funny would, how that is. I mean, because I think we all go through that. It, this this thing doesn't work. Forget this. You know, why am I even wasting my time on this? Exactly. You know, our mindset has continued. You know, for my mindset, had continued for years to be at a negative base and, and anticipating the worst. And of course, I was fulfilling that every day by by believing the worst was going to happen and that what what would happen. So I was trying to change my thoughts, and I was effective in changing my thoughts, and I became grateful for what I, I had, and I, I, I had envisioned what I wanted to happen, but it didn't seem like there was any changes, and I, I kept researching, and I kept figuring out, what am I doing wrong? And along the way, one of the underreported things that, that most people that talk about the law of attraction, they, they don't mention the law of action. And when I heard that for the first time, I'm like, well, what is the law of action? I know there's a a scientific you know, law of action or law of motion, and I, I, I did not know if that was the same thing. It turns out the law of action as it applies to the law of attraction is really the next step. It's when you take an action to support the idea or, what, or, or the, the, the thought that you're trying to manifest in your life. If you believe you're going to have success and wealth and bring all this into your life, the law of action requires us to take action to match our beliefs because it, as we have mentioned many times, it's not just thinking I want to have a lot of money. It's believing that I am successful. It's already having it, but also behaving and acting as if we're already there. And that becomes such a, an important factor that most people fail to do. It's one thing to say, I believe I'm successful but yet still have the same behavior and actions to indicate that I'm not successful. And that, that's where the, the failure to implement the law of action sort of derails what we're trying to get out of the law of attraction. It actually supports the old way of thinking. And, and when we talk about having to feel, it's not just feel, it's deep down believe it. When we put those vibrations out that we truly believe, that's what the universe has to fill. But our, when our actions don't match what we say we're believing, the universe, again, is not the law of attraction has no emotion, as we mentioned last week. Mm -hmm. It simply is going by what you're feeling deep down. Right. And that's, that's sort of the synopsis of, of the beginning of it. And most people fail to behave as if 
they're believing that way. And that, that makes most people get the opposite result of what they're seeking from the law of attraction. And I think what happens is, I, I, I think you actually can attract purely with your thought, but like you say, when, when you apply the law of action, you really kick the whole thing into gear. And I think that's because it's so much easier to stay focused on what you truly believe when you're, you're following it up with action, when you're having to just stay within your own head and within your own mind on, on what you believe and deeply believe it and stick there. That's actually harder. But when you take action, when you take footsteps, it kind of becomes a reinforcing mechanism, it makes it much easier to stay on the constant belief, keep the vibration going. Well, and, and, that, and that's exactly right. The, we, we certainly can bring about, our thoughts are the powerful piece in this. The law of attraction is, is, is based on the thoughts. But the law of action is the follow-up. It's, it's the, the behavior matching what we're believing. And, and that's what the, by being able to focus on that, I really believe that I'm going to be successful. I really, like, with you know, I was writing my book for a period of several years. Well, I would I would do a chapter here and I would do a chapter there, but I was working at a treatment center. I was raising my sons. I had a lot of stuff going on, and while I was wanting to complete my book, my action wasn't truly matching what my what I was trying to manifest. Right. And it was it wasn't until it was time for me to move on and really get in gear that I started taking the law of action. I'm a, I had mentioned before the, uh, to, to my audience in my book as well as, as to everybody I talk to, I also have severe ADHD. So the keeping my mind focused on the right thing is very difficult for me. And when I'm writing a book, you can imagine as I'm sitting at a computer typing away and looking at whatever is going to distract me next, it could take a long time to get a page done. I, I so, can tell you, I have never been diagnosed as ADHD, and I have exactly the same problem. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's common to everybody. Part I think, of the law of action for me, it was, what am I going to do to get this book complete? I tried everything from hiring a ghostwriter, but it did not have the, it didn't have my voice attached to it, so it didn't sound like me, so I needed to try another, another route. So someone had mentioned to me about a, a voice recognition called Dragon Re Voice Recognition Program. Sure, yeah. That, it, I think it's $70 or $50, it didn't really matter. Not, that when I realized, well, I wonder if I could get that and see if it would help me write my book. Mm -hmm. Well, well, within getting the, the program, it's, you know, I had, I think, 26,000 words. Uh, when, you, when you're looking at a book like this, you're, you're hoping to get around 100,000 words total. And I was at 26,000 words that took me forever. When I got the voice recognition program, within a month, I finished the book. Wow. And the, it isn't the, it gave me a tool that allowed me to practice and to put into action what I was attracting in my life. So that was a conduit. The law of action was me not only just doing the work, but also getting the voice recognition program to adapt to what my deficits in writing were, and it was able to get it was able to be completed. So, I, I like the idea of following through with action that matches what our thought, what we're trying to generate our thoughts, and also makes it more believable for us when we are taking action. And again, it's what we believe at our core. It's not what we believe on a superficial level that the universe picks up on. Now we can program our our thoughts into becoming 
what we really feel. But in the beginning, that process frustrates so many people because they say, I'm being so positive, but it's not making any difference. Mm. And, and, and a lot of times, uh, are your actions matching what your positivity is saying? If, if, you are, if your mindset is, I'm going to be very positive, and I'm going to support the people around me, and that's going to get me in a great mindset, but yet you're gossiping about other people, or you're doing this other stuff, it, that doesn't resonate with the law of attraction or positivity. Again, you're going to have an opposite result of what you think your thought is putting out there. A couple other thoughts occur to me, too. Um, you mentioned that the software you use, which is called Dragon Naturally Speaking. And yes. people may not have heard of that software, but there's another software that was derived from that one that a lot of people have heard of. And that's Siri, which is the voice recognition system on an iPhone that derived directly from Dragon Naturally Speaking. So anyone with an iPhone who's ever used the, uh, the, you know, the little female voice in there to help find something, they're using the same software that you are using, essentially. And so they can tell for themselves just how effective that is. You can, and you can see, you apply that kind of software, it's going to be a lot easier to finish your book because that software does a pretty darn good job of interpreting human speech into text. Now, add in the fact that what you were basically doing by using that software was focusing in a way that was, it didn't just make it easier for you to actually do the book. I mean, certainly, speaking a book is easier than typing it, especially if you're not a quick typist. I'm fairly quick, but most people aren't. But even more than that, the act of using software like that where, where you're so focused on what you're doing, you, even with your ADHD, you know, it's easy to get distracted when you're typing. When you're talking, you have to focus on what you're saying. And I think that was the biggest strength that that, that software gave to you. It gave you a very easy way to focus, which I think is fantastic. The other thought, exactly. that, the other thought that comes to my mind is that the um, – uh, Oh dear, I just drew a blank. What was the other thing I was going to say? <laughs> I wasn't well, focusing it, despite my talking. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it actually, uh, if you, if, while you're thinking that, it, it, what, I, I do a lot of public speaking and I also conduct a lot of group sessions. So the fact that I, I, I have become effective at speaking and I talk, everything in my book is some form or fashion I've shared pretty much in my group or individual sessions. Sure. So that is my preferred method of communication. That's what the universe blessed me with, the ability to speak, think on my feet, so that I was able to use my strength by using the, the uh, Dragon Naturally Speaking program, which then allowed the law of action. You, you see how it attaches to the law of attraction. Right. The, book was, the book would eventually have gotten done, but I was able to do that. Everything else had to fall into place for me to be able to do it in that right way. I had to have my, my right mindset. And, you know, one of the things that, that I had mentioned in, in us talking before is my mindset has the ability to go all over the place. But once I get to where I need to be and apply the law of action to the law of attraction, I've been amazed at how quickly the law of attraction requires no time it, 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 it's only what we believe that can happen. You have to, it has to be plausible for us to believe it'll happen for it to happen. Right. So, you know, when I was able to apply the law of action, it allows me to believe things can happen much faster than, than, than I normally would have, which allows it to happen. I know that sounds like a redundant talking, but that, that's where my mind goes when I'm in this, this processing. I have to come up with 
an action to match what I'm trying to manifest. Well, it, that, it actually does make sense. It, it makes sense from both an LOA perspective and also from a physical perspective, which, by the way, what I was trying to remember before, um, because the way our physiology works, as you know perfectly well, it, if you want to, to get yourself into a pattern, a habitual pattern of, say, thinking positively or behaving positively or looking at the world in a positive manner, you're basically having to train yourself to do that because as you train yourself, your neurology learns the training. It learns the, to activate those particular pathways more and more regularly so they become your, your more natural, quote-unquote, way of, of dealing with the world. And, and that's essentially what you were doing when you were focusing the way you were focusing. And, and that, that's where, as I'm coaching people on how to use the law of attraction, here, here's a really, really good example of a, uh, a young man that he, he, he approached me, he was 24 years old, and he was intrigued by the law of attraction, but yet he had tried it, he had read the, the, the book, The Secret, as well as uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, and he was really thinking he was buying into this. But yet he was, at the same time, his actions weren't matching. So he, he was a college student, he had graduated from a small college in North Carolina, and he was looking for a job, and he couldn't seem to find a job to match what he wanted to do. And he, he really is into sustainable food and organic farming and all, all this type of stuff. But he, so he was sending out resumes and not getting any response. So the law of action that I recommended, I said, what, why don't you start going to these conventions, why don't you start, there, there's conventions for the law, uh, for uh, sustainable food, organic food, and, and start meeting people. And he went to three different conventions, and ironically, he, he didn't know who the guy was, but he met three times, he met the same guy, and they had interesting conversations. Well, it turns out, this the gentleman that he met in California, is from California, and owns an organic market, several organic markets, really likes this guy, and eventually hired him. Mm. The, the law of action that he took was he implemented, he went to the source, to the area, he surrounded himself with people who were like-minded thinking, and instead of sending just dry resumes off to companies, which, as you know, that's so hit and miss. Oh, yeah. And, and like Whole Foods, while they're a, they're a wonderful company, I, I'm not, I just think they do a great job, he real this this local market, this California local market, really matched exactly what what my client believed he wanted to do. It was literally the company that he had on his vision board. The name obviously wasn't there, but they did exactly it. They go as far as to recycle their rainwater. They everything run in the market is recycled and sustainable. This matches his belief completely. And he ended up working for a company by taking action and going and doing something different, just by attending a few conventions. And that's also a great example of what happens when you, um, when, when you focus specifically on what, in detail, you really want, and then take steps in that direction. Because look what the result was. The result was an exact match, a perfect match. That, that's, that's really the ultimate description of the law of attraction in action. Well, and, and that's where Napoleon, when you read Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, he, he does get into quite a bit about the, the law of attraction is as specific as you will allow it to be. And if you really, if you will really go into the uh, 
point of thinking, this is what I'm bringing about, it gets very specific. Most people don't use it as specific as they could. But by following through and believing in yourself and believing that this has a possibility of happening, it, 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 it will. We most of the time, as human beings, we have been you know, taught to believe that things are inevitably going to go wrong. And as long as there's that fiber that's going on inside of you that really believes this isn't going to work, that's what the law of attraction is really going to pick up. It's what your inner belief is. And so by, by forcing yourself to act or behave or take yourself to a different position, you then almost give the law of attraction an easy conduit for it to work. Right. And it, can work, it, it will work no matter what. But, but when you're believing it more, then that's when it really, that's when you can tune into the pipeline and generate whatever you want through the law of attraction when you understand that. that, that that's the being in the zone feeling. That, that's the feeling where everything that you do works out right. Yes. Yes, it's, it's the idea that uh, last night I'm, I'm actually traveling right now. So last night I'm, as I was pulling into the hotel room, I was at this hotel was full. And I don't know why I thought of this, but I, I just said, I want to find a great parking place. Literally, as I was pulling in, a guy pulled out the very front by the <laughs> front door. And, and I laughed to myself that, it, it 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 just worked that way, and everybody's well. That's a coincidence, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is. But it, as we know, as we talked about coincidences in the past, it it is part of this thinking that we put ourselves in, where you can get into the zone where where stuff goes exactly what you how you want it to go. Then you believe in it, and then it then it just you're on a roll, so to speak. I have I've had people that have had what they felt were really lucky days, and it, it, it's the reality. They're at a day that they're having a day. They really believe in this. What's going to happen is going to happen on their behalf, and it really does. And so it, it it's you've had glimpses of it in your life, and it would be so easy to keep in that zone. But we we have you know life happens. There's negativity around us. We we tend to believe until we don't believe, and then it falls apart. And then we have to implement it again. So it, it's an ongoing process, the, the law of attraction followed by the law of action. And once we get up to that, learning how to implement them both together, that's when you can just literally turn it on and off however you want to do it. There are no limits to any of this stuff. It's just what you believe the limit is, is where, where you have set the limit. You mentioned having the, the really lucky day, and it cued in my mind the, the Harry Potter books. I don't know if you're familiar with them at all, but... Um, one of the themes that Rowling includes in, in one of the stories is uh, it's basically a substance, a, a magical substance, because, of course, the whole Harry Potter series is about magic. It's a magical substance called Felix Felicis, and essentially it's a lucky potion. If you, if you drink a few drops of this Felix Felicis, you have an entire day where everything goes your way. And I thought as I was reading it, my goodness, what a great way to tell a little story about how the law of attraction works. I don't know that she actually did that consciously, but it doesn't really matter because it's such a great analogy. Well, and, and, that, and that's the piece that when, you, when you're able to see that, that those lucky days, quote-unquote, or the, the, the fibers, and, and by the way, I understand the, uh, 
what is her name, Rowling? The J.K. Rowling, yeah, right. Yeah, she's she's amazing. She's very much into the law of attraction too, is what I understand. And the, you know, she worked really hard. She really believed in her book, and look what happened. Uh, oh, yeah. that, that that that's an amazing story unto itself. But that that fiber, that, that magical substance, or whatever you want to call it, is simply the law of attraction. It's a, it, it's either going to be magical or it's going to feel like a curse. But it's going to be one or the other. It's going to it, it's it's going to either sustain us as we continue. If 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 the vibration is things are great, I want to just keep it where it's at. Life's going to continue where it's at. Mm-hmm. Or if it, or if it's you know I'm I'm really going to and it isn't by creating a need of lack. If you view like Last week was Thanksgiving, and and I I say this in a I don't want to sound like I'm derogatory toward Thanksgiving or, or having every day's Thanksgiving mm. every day when you when you really believe and you're thankful and and live in sincere gratitude that's where that's the the most effective state for the law of attraction to manifest what you to manifest what you believe and want mm-hmm. and that. That that idea that when you get up, and you you know, to, to me, the law of action is is reminding myself how grateful I am. Uh, one of my mentors early on the way, on the morning, every morning she gets up on the way to the bathroom. She from left foot is thank and right foot is you. Thank <laughs> yeah. you, thank you, thank you. Uh, on the way to the, every morning she starts out with a state of gratitude, and. She's the one that a lot of people have said this, but she's the one that made me really understand that it's impossible to be grateful and depressed at the same time. And when you're in a depressed state, you're 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 unintentionally using the law of attraction to bring in more of that. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a grateful state, you you are bringing in more things to be grateful for. And and that's the that's the thing to remind ourselves that the, by starting with the first law of action, the number one rule for the law of action is to enforce gratitude in our lives every day. One of the things that I've often felt about Thanksgiving as a holiday is that it's actually a great reminder for those of us who have forgotten. You know, we, we, we forgot during the year that you know, it's good to stay on appreciation, and it kind of refocuses us. If not only for one day, it refocuses us. It gives us the opportunity to get back on that track again. But also, as you were talking, um, one thing that was a big issue for me early on. It took me quite some time to iron it out was, well, what if I'm not feeling positive, but I'm not really feeling negative either. I'm kind of neutral. That that can't be too bad, can it? And it was only after quite a bit of time and study and so forth that I learned that when you're in that neutral stance where you don't really feel positive, you don't really feel negative, you're actually in a negative place. And yeah. that was, that was a bit of an eye opener when I discovered that, when I learned that that was the, the case, because I didn't, I, even to this day, when I feel neutral, it doesn't feel negative. I have to remind myself intellectually, oh, yeah, that's actually a negative state. But it doesn't feel like it. It just feels neutral, you know? Well, and, and, and I think so many people live in the neutral state, and they don't understand that it is a negative state. Yeah. And, and I, I know a lot of people that, that really believe that they're really being positive, and they live in this neutral state all the time, Versus enforced gratitude. Hey, 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 I got to interrupt you for a second. I, I want you to touch on that, but I got to ask you a question. How many people have you seen in your life who would tell you that they're positive and they have a frown on their face? Oh, it, it, <laughs> it, 
It's probably, it's like, talk uh, to your own I, face, guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm amazed at the, the number of people that will tell me, especially in the line of work that I do, well, I have a very positive outlook. I'm very positive in my life. And then they, then as they're frowning, they then t- begin to tell me everything that's wrong with their life. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and I've done that. I know exactly what that place is like. Right. right. It, it, it's just an ongoing... That's where the, the by by enforcing one of the, the brainwashing techniques and I call I literally call it a brainwashing technique that I use on myself is I spent day for a long time, I would spend my days the moment something negative or even then I even learned the moment something even neutral if it, it I had to force gratitude on myself daily. Mm. And 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 sometimes I just didn't like it. It it was almost distasteful. But the reality is that I had uh, – here, here's a really good example a few weeks back is I'm a very avid exerciser, and I do a lot of uh, weightlifting and powerlifting, and I pretty much am in the gym in some form or fashion every day. Well, I've had – I have, you know, with the book coming out, I've been exceptionally busy. I pulled up into the gym parking lot, and I thought, you know, I, I probably just need to take the day off. I have a lot of stuff I need to do, and I'm just it won't hurt anything. It's, it's probably a good day of rest. And this lady pulls up beside me. I happen to be parking in the front, and she pulled up in the handicap zone. And I know her. She was in a horrible car accident. She lost uh, two legs and one arm. Mm. Oh. And, and Yeah, yeah. And so she's, I watch as she goes through the 35-minute process it takes her to get out of her vehicle and get into her wheelchair to go work out. And I immediately go, really? Am I? I'm tired. What yeah. Are you? And and, and what, what I've done with that? She's a very dear friend. She has a great outlook. She does amazing things with her life. And what I needed at that moment was to look at something and reinforce the gratitude. I instantly went from thinking I was sort of tired to having one of the best workouts I've had all year because I reminded myself, look how blessed I am. Look at what I have. And and this lady unintentionally inspired me as she does every time I see her. We have a great rapport. But it it, it is a, an incredible tool that no matter where you're at, you can look around and the universe will provide for you motivation. It'll provide you know gratitude as long as you're searching for it. It'll also, if you turn on CNN right now, I, I don't have it on, but it'll give you plenty of reasons of why to be negative. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and so, we're fed a, a steady stream of negativity, and, and actually the big challenge is remembering to, to find ways to be positive in the face of that stream. That's such a difficult place because the, every conversation that I have had probably in the last week, I will have people, did you hear about this shooting? Did you hear about what happened in Paris? Did you hear about, and, and everybody wants to talk about all this evil that's taking place in the world. Mm-hmm. And while it's certainly their walk, I also bring out positive stuff. Do you hear about the young lady who had her cancer cured? I, I, I have four or five stories of, of I, I, I look, I'm on daily. I have a Google search for positive news every day. And I, I look at the young people that, that are doing great things. There's a, 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 a young boy that actually started up somewhere out in the Northwest. He started a bone marrow registry, 
this is a 12-year-old kid because his buddy needed a bone marrow transplant. And because this kid six months ago started a bone marrow drive and registry, nine people have had matches because of this kid. Wow. That's an incredible positive story. Nine lives, nine lives were saved because of this kid. Yeah. And yep. I, did, I did not see that anywhere on Main Street News. No. And that, and that, and that becomes our problem. So, so but part, of, part of my law of action for the law of attraction is I daily search for positive news stories to remind myself that this is a, 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 an incredible time. We, we, we're blessed to be alive right now. We have the world's information. The, the, the collective of the world's information is available on my phone. I have the answer to every question. All the knowledge of the universe is available at my phone. We have technology. We have so much great stuff going. That's where the, the, the focus is, and that's why my life feels so positive, and other people that, that haven't tuned in tend to say, you're, you're – you're not realistic. You're not looking at the real stuff. I go, no, you're not looking at the real stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I know exactly. <clears throat> excuse me. I know exactly what you mean. In fact, you were talking about Paris before, right? Which, of course, is you know the big horror event of the last few weeks. Um, I had a conversation with somebody very recently in which I pointed out to him, you know, as bad as Paris was and as bad as terrorism is, you got to think about one very important thing the overwhelming majority of people will not experience a terrorist act. They're very rare. They're, very, they're, they're, they're terrible when they happen, but most people don't directly experience terrorist acts. And that's a positive thing. And his yeah. reaction was, well, you, you're burying your head in the sand. And I right. thought to myself, who's burying the head in the sand here? Because I'm the one who's trying to find the positive view, which is, by the way, the more common experience. And he's focusing on the rare experience and saying, if you don't focus on that, your head's buried in the sand. To me, it's just the other way around. He's got his head buried in the sand, and the sand is, oh, my God, how terrible things are. Well, and, and, and terrorism, by definition, is trying to make people be afraid Yes. by doing these horrible acts. And by no means, well, I know you very well, and I, I want to make sure our audience understands, we, we certainly mourn the victims. and oh, we absolutely. We, absolutely. We're not, we're not by any means minimalizing what happened. But when, when a few hundred people die in a horrible act like that, that's certainly news, newsworthy. But the, the, the amazing things that are going on are more, much more likely to be affecting us than being caught in that. It's like right. even with the, the horrible events of September 11th, the, that same year, air travel was still the safest form of travel. It was. Even you factor, factor in the other deaths. Yep. Uh, you know, and that, that's something that this weekend, uh, or last weekend, or during this holiday season, I forgot the exact statistic, but... There will be many thousands of lives lost on our, our interstate systems across the country. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and, and again, not saying, well, there's more loss on interstates and Paris doesn't matter, but just trying to put, we have a much more chance of those horrible things happening here than worrying about or getting caught in the terrorism stuff. And, 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 and the message here isn't that we want to play the odds. It's not about playing the odds, although the odds are definitely in our favor that, that we're going to be fine. It, it's not about odds playing. It's about focus. It's about right. where are we going to put our attention? Because those people, and, and I know 
everybody listening and you and I, Joel, can easily come up with lots and lots of examples of people that we know who persistently focus on negativity. And sure enough, what happens to them? Negative stuff over and over and over again. They're, they're like the guy who has the cloud over his head in the cartoon. It always is him who gets hit with the bad stuff. Well, there's a reason for it. Well, and, and that, that becomes a legacy. It does. I, I, and and I, you see that happen with people, and you see how, how a negative way of thinking permeates within family systems. And, oh, you know, I, 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 have, I do a lot of pro bono work with uh, underprivileged kids, and I see the family system that, uh, here's a really good example for this young man. He, uh, a, a 22-year-old African-American young man, great, great mind. And I knew the family, and through, through some work I'd done, and he was working at McDonald's. And, and there's nothing wrong with working at McDonald's, but he, he wasn't doing any schooling. This is a very bright young man. Mm. And so him and I were talking, and he, he, he actually commented on the car I was driving. He said, you know, you have a really nice car. He said, what are you doing? I told him, I do addiction counseling. I do this work. He said, how did you get into that? And I go, well, you don't want to do what I did to get into what I did. <laughs> It, 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 it's, I took a situation that was bad and I turned it into something positive and, and I said, but I really know you, you, you have such a great brain, you have such a great outgoing personality I know for a fact you can do whatever you want to do and he goes you could, he just shook his head like yes but you could tell he didn't believe me Right. so I, said, I gave him my card and I said if you would like to, to, to hear more I said, I, I promise you we could, we could get something done here so he came in I, I I, I sat down with him. I talked to him for about an hour and a half and what his interest would be. And the local community college had a wonderful radio, radiology tech program. And it was an 18 month program. Well, the, the, with all the, the lottery, lottery has a scholarship. You have, uh, a, a, a Pell grant. You have various, various forms of fashion where it's totally free for this young man to go to that. So, he he was just baffled that that was a that he went and took an aptitude test was accepted in the community college. Ninth, I think it was six or nine months in the program, he got a job at the hospital for his internship, and, and they paid him like twelve dollars an hour, which was quite a bit more he was making at McDonald's. And he met this doctor that he's a radiologist, and they became very good friends. Well, as soon as he completed the school, the radiologist hired him for his office to, to do all of the, the, the actual x-rays themselves and was paying him $22 an hour. Mm -hmm. And so as this process was happening, within the family system, the mother, who was he's a very kind lady, and I, I think the world of her, she was very uncomfortable with this, that it was, it was actually breaking the structure of the family. Mm. And... Even though it, it was more, more precisely, it was breaking the pattern of the family. Exactly, exactly, which had become an, a, a, a very rigid way that you know this is not going to. You know, we're, this is our wheelhouse. This is where what we're used to. And I actually had to, to go talk to her several times. She she kept asking me. She said, "Well, why, what is this doctor's motivation to help my son? There has to be something." wrong with this and it just didn't and and the doctor's a, a great guy who who actually struggled himself as a child and really admired this kid well the the next step blew her away the doctor really enjoyed having this young man and he actually had him apply get accepted 
the young man is still working in his office, but is in pre-med right now. Oh, my. And the doctor is paying for his college. Wow. Yeah, that, that, that would probably just rock her world, I would think. And, 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 and believe it or not, the hardest part is keeping her on board with this. Yeah. And, and she, has, it, on every level, has unintentionally tried to sabotage this. And, and she doesn't want And this is a very good lady. She just doesn't understand. She's so uncomfortable with this and this process of change. And you see the family system, the family structure, all of this for years had operated redundantly. Nobody had ever graduated college. In fact, most of them haven't even graduated high school. Uh, most of the, the males would end up in jail. So now you have this very successful young man that, that will complete and be a medical doctor and, and, and eventually go into practice with this other doctor. I mean, it's an amazing story, but it's about really convincing not just the young man to apply the law of attraction, but to take the family, and, and I, I can't say that I have the mom even understanding the law of attraction. I'm having to minimally keep her from from using the law of attraction to sabotage the process and, and trying to, she's finally coming on board, but it very uncomfortable for change. Well, it reminds me of a conversation I had with my previous co-host, Yona, my sister-in-law, because uh, we, we did a, quite a series there for a while where we talked about a number of different uh, issues that she had researched in her capacity as a Ph.D. student toward a degree in neuroscience and neurobiology. Uh, so she kept digging into all the different studies that are out there to share with us you know, some of the real positive results that have come out of these studies. One of the things that we talked about one time was a part of the nervous system in, in the back of the brain called the reticular activating system, which which you probably know about. Um, but that's basically it's the, it's the center of the brain where um, all the filtering takes place. And the filtering is built up over time through a number of neural channels that directly mirror experience. So if over time your, your, your experience that you keep feeding into your brain, that you keep feeding into your reticular activating system, is one that says no matter what you do, everything is going to block you from getting anywhere in life, then the only thing you're ever going to be able to see, to be able to notice consciously throughout your day is stuff that helps block you from achieving your goals. And and it sounds like that's exactly where her RAS is at. It has basically prevented her from seeing other possibilities, which is fascinating. That I mean, not only are we talking about law of attraction here, we're talking about a physical neural system that helps us block ourselves from achieving the very things we want to achieve. Well, as you and I both are fascinated with this topic, but as we as we progress in the law of attraction, and you and I both are, are believers, and we see it we see it daily. We we work hard at practicing on how to use it in a positive way in our life. But there there are more and more findings of of this through studies of positive psychology, plus just organic studies of the brain. We're finding evidence of where where the law of attraction has that does have an effect and just like you're talking about some of the processes that take place in the brain literally block the law of attraction from working in a positive direction and mm -hmm. and, and I think they're going to find more and more of this as we go because it it, it you know we've had several like this young man we were talking about he has said he's had 
really all A's in school. Things are really going great. Well, the mom will call him at school with these. Oops, sorry, Lucia. Leave school. You need to come home. This is an emergency. You're you're forgetting your family. Your brother. He got in a fight today, and 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 the young man's having a hard time fight, uh, fighting her from sabotaging his school. And it, it's it, she threatened to kick him out one day because mm. uh, you know you're not you're not supporting the family anymore. Well, he he pays the the mortgage or the rent on the home, so he's really she has unintentionally or intentionally. Uh, because of that's what her belief, just like you're saying, she can't comprehend there's another step. And it, and that that's blocking. Yeah, and it's sad, too. I mean, the, the one thing that's good, there, there is actually good news where this particular act, activating system is concerned, by the way, and you want to spend quite a bit of time talking about this. It ties directly to what we were uh, talking about earlier in the program, about the importance of gratitude and appreciation. Because as it turns out, the reticular activating system, and indeed the brain as a whole, will modify its its experience and its um, and what it pays attention to and what it reacts to based on what you consciously decide to do at any given time. And and more precisely, if you focus on something for as little as ninety seconds, it will actually start a chain of of peptides and so forth within the neural system that uh, that actually change the way the pathways work. So a 90-second focus can actually change the way your biology biological system works. And that's that, fascinating to oh, me. The fact that you can turn around that quickly and, and start seeing results that soon is astonishing. And it shows just how powerful it can be to do what you do, where you're helping somebody find a way to change the way they're focused, change by, by focusing on things they're grateful for appreciation focus on the good things in life just by getting people to do that through experience all of a sudden they start changing their neurobiology well in the, the the neuroplasticity of the brain the brain has the ability in all areas to totally adapt to what you're believing what you're feeling it's it's you know my work with people in addiction the pathways have become so ingrained through the addictive behavior that that's become such a natural addiction becomes such a natural response well when you get those new pathways started they begin immediately the brain responds immediately just like you're saying that when you get the focus in that right direct within 90 seconds the brain is operating at a speed that we cannot comprehend there there's what's taking place in our brain is is it is adapting constantly and what we're feeding it mentally, what we're looking at, what we're bringing in, what we're focusing on, is where the brain's spending the energy. That's what it's believing. It only believes what we tell it to believe, what we believe it can believe. I know that sounds crazy. It, <laughs> but it, it's, it's when you really, really get into a belief system that the reason that you know what the color red is is because when you were a child, somebody said, well, this is red, and you were told that a bunch of times, and so you eventually just accepted this is red. You know that to be a fact. Mm-hmm. It, you got that plugged in. If somebody wanted to play a cruel joke on Walt and would have told him blue was red and red was blue, you would, you would have believed it the other way. There was just That's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. And so when you grow up believing this is all we are supposed to be, this is all you can be, these are your limitations, 
these are uh, one of the things that I was going to tell you about, and this may be a topic for a future show, was a very interesting thing. This young man that I know, him and his family are very much into, uh, they're, they're scientists. And he asked me if I wanted to send in my DNA to this company, and this company was going to read my DNA and tell me what diseases I am susceptible to. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, no, I'm good. I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't need that. So the, the, he, he sent it in, and he got this list of, I don't know, four or five diseases that he has a, his bloodline has a propensity to have. And one of them is a very rare cancer of the colon. Mm-hmm. It, not just colon cancer, a very rare cancer of the colon. Yep. Brings the point across. Four months later, at 26 years of age, he was diagnosed with that exact cancer. Ugh, and not that I'm blaming the, the test for the result, but I find it interesting that he never had heard of this, and then all of a sudden he hears of it, and then he has it. The, the idea, one of the reasons that I am not interested in, in having that, I am very healthy. I am very healthy. I insist that I'm healthy. I believe I'm healthy. That I don't need anything to support that other than I'm very healthy, and I believe that. That's what I'm manifesting. That's what I bring about in my life. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that we, we have it, what we focus on, how many cancer doctors end up getting cancer? Oh, yeah. I've heard this, I've heard this stat many times that it's, it's a much higher rate. And even when you find doctors that specialize in certain cancers, their susceptibility to that certain cancer is higher. And I, I, I find that very amazing now that, that there's not a lot of stats to their scientific data to totally back that up, but I just find it it matches what we're talking about. It's what you surround yourself with is what we become, and and that it, that it can include physical conditions, mental conditions, or just the general life condition. Well, there, there are there is actually one kind of scientific data that that backs it up perfectly, um, and I first heard about this from a guy named Sean Aker. Do you know who uh, Sean Aker is? I yes, great, great. Yeah. He has a great TED talk. Yeah, fantastic guy. Uh, professor at Harvard has the most popular class at Harvard. I think it's fascinating. The positive psychology is the most popular class at Harvard. But uh, one of the, the stories that he tells is of his brother-in-law who was in medical school. And he says this is a, a very, very common uh, occurrence among med, stu- med school students. Um, every time that they study a new disease, they'll all start manifesting the symptoms of that disease. So... Uh, he, he took a phone call from his brother-in-law at one point, and his brother-in-law said in a very sad voice, he says, Sean, I have leprosy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Sean didn't have the heart to, to really you know, come down on him because just the past week he was getting over menopause. <laughs> yeah, yes. If, you, if, if our audience has a chance, look at uh, Sean's TED Talk. It oh, is- it's wonderful. It is one of the best ones on, on the Internet. He is great. But it, it does. You, you, you see that, and I, I see it with my clients who keep repeating the same things. They, they, they have a belief, and the universe is going to feel what we truly believe. And 
if you're destined to be something in your mind, then, then you're going to do everything you can to fulfill that. The universe is going to support that. And it, again, it sounds so redundant, but we need to remind everybody, it isn't about what's good or bad. It, it isn't picking up on that. The universe doesn't filter in good and bad. The law of attraction doesn't filter it. It just says, this is what you're putting out there. This is what you're going to be getting. It's not fair. It's not equitable. It's just what it is. It, it, you know, somebody the other day mentioned to me, um, it's not fair that Tom Brady has, you know, uh, uh, he was given so many gifts. And, and you know, it, it's like, it isn't about being fair. It is what the universe is, it's what Tom Brady believes. He's a, a great quarterback. He believes he's going to win. He, he's got everything going for him, and he acts as if he has everything going for him. It's not arrogance. It's not, it's, it's just, that's what he believes. It's funny, and, too, where, where Tom Brady is concerned. A lot of people who are uh, football fans forget that the year that Tom Brady was drafted by the New, the New England Patriots, the, the draft went through 100 or more picks before Brady was picked. So the other teams had like three or four chances to draft Tom Brady, and they didn't do it. Right. And, and you know, and I'm sure many general managers are, are beating their heads. You know, yeah, right. get <laughs> you, know you, you get probably, you know, arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the game, and he's very durable, and he does nothing. He just doesn't know how to not win. Right. And, and, and that, that's the, those are mindsets that you can get into and you can start to believe, and then the universe will respond to that. And it's... It, there's so much work. There, there have been uh, so many sports analogies where the same group of men start to believe and they win. Mm-hmm. No, oh, yeah, that, that's changed. a very common occurrence. Yes. And you know, the talent didn't change. It's what they believe changed. And, uh, if, you know, in fact, I, this, I can think of a very famous sporting event that mirrors this perfectly, that, that is basically an extraordinary example of it. Uh, and the reason I think of it is uh, my wife and I uh, yesterday, uh, or actually a few days ago, we were watching uh, the film on a DVD. It's a film about the miracle on ice in 1980 when the U.S. hockey team full of college students beat the Soviet Union's so-called amateur team, which was actually a bunch of professionals in the military. And they, there was no way they were supposed to win that. I mean, they were picked to, to win maybe, to place maybe fifth that year. And they ended up beating the team that had won four straight gold medals. The only way they were able to do that was because their coach, Herb Brooks, had gotten the team to start believing that the Soviets were beatable and that somebody was going to beat them. In fact, he even went so far as to make fun of their best player because their best player had an uncanny look that made him look very much like Stan Laurel. So he, he just referred to him as Stan Laurel just to make fun of him and, and to destroy the mystique. And in the process of doing that and some other team-building exercises and so forth, he actually got a bunch of 22-year-olds, the youngest team of all the teams in that Olympics, to believe they could beat the best hockey team in the world that had just embarrassed the NHL All-Stars. And they did. And, and what was so amazing, and, and this is where one day we will understand what we can, how we can help our, our, our young people more than anything, I have found that the younger that people are exposed to this concept, the more they can believe. A 22-year-old, a 21-year-old, a 19-year-old really believes, really can be taught to believe that he can beat a professional 35-year-old all-world hockey
hockey player. Mm-hmm. He yep. really, he really believed that. And and you know, the, one of the probably the standard bearer for this example is Sir Walter. Uh, what is Bannister? Roger Bannister. I'm Roger sorry. Bannister. Uh, Roger, right. Yeah, Roger. He he was the one that broke the four minute mile. It believed to be impossible running a mile in four minutes under four minutes, and people have. It's come really close many, many times. And within two weeks of him breaking the record, it was broke, I think it was 12 times. Yeah, in a very short period of time. Yes, and and and, and because people then said, oh, okay, now it can be done. And, and so, again, the law of attraction works by us believing. And then applying the technique of, of actually putting it in motion is the law of action, and that continuation is becomes such an accept. When you learn to to tune it in, it really changes the way that your life is lived. And and when you wake up every day grateful, then you're grateful. You have more things to be grateful for, and life does seem that way. And and it 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 isn't about what we have as much as how grateful for what we have. Once you understand that. Then the limits are taken off, and 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 you quit putting limits on yourself. And and the same set of behaviors that we have got is what we've gotten. The law of action requires a change in those behaviors because those behaviors are actually supporting what we had before. It's interesting. It's, it's, it's interesting you mentioned the the one minute mile too, because Roger Bannister, of course, broke that record in the early 1950s, and and as you say. Uh, it was generally believed that that no one could possibly run faster than four minutes, uh, a mile in four minutes. Uh, of course, the current men's record is, I believe, three minutes and 43 seconds. So if that record has been demolished a few times, to say the least. But the four-minute mile is still going to be very significant sometime probably in the next 10 to 20 years because the women's record is currently four minutes and 12 seconds. You, you can just see it coming. We're going to reach the point where all of a sudden somebody's going to break the four-minute mile on the women's side. And so it, it'll almost be like reliving that thing because up until now, people have been saying, well, women just literally can't run as fast as men. So they're, they're never going to be able to run a four-minute mile. No, that's not the way it works, folks. <laughs> well, it, 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 and that's so I, – I see it in the gym almost weekly, the young people in the gym. For those of you that, that – lift weights, you know, 315 pounds is when there's three big plates on each side. And it's sort of the standard for being strong on the bench press. I, I don't know how many times people will get, they can do 305, they can do 310, but they can't do 315. Mm-hmm. And then what, what, they spend six months trying to break 315, and when they break 315, they go up to 350 really fast. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. But it, it, I, I see it weekly. I see it in life. I see it, you know, with this young man we were talking about earlier. He really believed that being manager at McDonald's was as high as he ever could achieve. Mm. And within two, two and a half, three years, he's going to be a, a doctor. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. I can think of another sports um, example, too. Um, I'll, I'll draw from baseball, although you could actually draw this from almost any sport where there's a, a major record being attacked. Um, but in baseball... Of course, it's very rare to have somebody have 3,000 hits in their career. And the amazing thing that happens as a player who is a prolific hitter gets within a couple of hits of 3,000, all of a sudden he can't hit. All of a sudden it's impossible for him to get a base hit because he's, he's so worked up about, oh, my God, will I ever get there, that 
he puts himself into a state. And it isn't until he finally, usually through some help, through some coaching or whatever, finally says, you know what, I'm going to block all that out. I'm just going back to what, I'm going, what I used to do before. And then all of a sudden the hits come. It, it's, it, it, it's so amazing what the mind, the power of the mind, and understanding the, how we apply the law of attraction and, and tune it in for ourselves. And, and that piece of, that example that you're talking about, you know, I gotta get that. It takes a while. And then, you, then you'll find once he gets that hit, then, then the, he's back to normal. It's just oh, getting. Yeah, I mean, the know, example that comes to mind is the most recent member of the 3000 Hit Cut Club, uh, which is Derek Jeter, of the, who played with the Yankees. And leading up to his 3000 hit, he was struggling like crazy. And then all of a sudden, he came up on that one day in July a couple of years ago, and in his first at-bat, the bases were loaded, and he hit a grand slam to get his 3,000th hit. And then he went wow. five for five for the rest of the day. And that's why our message of the law of attraction in general, of your perspective creates your reality, and you're in charge of your perspective. So it's, in a sense, you are in charge of your reality, mm-hmm. and, and 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 that knowledge it seems so basic for what we what we talk about. Yeah. It, it it why can't why can't we as humans practice that every day? Because it 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 is a it is so much harder for people to get this than than it it should be. And that, that's such an ongoing battle. Nobody practices it or tries to practice it. I, I, every day of my life, this is what my life you know, centers on. But I, I'm just shocked, even for me, how this random negative thought just appears out of nowhere. Oh, it's amazing. It, I mean, you can be sitting there. I, I can be just sitting at, at my desk or I can be, you know, out you know, walking or, or doing some activity or I can just be in bed, you know, kind of waking up in the morning. And all of a sudden, boom, the thing of thought hits me. I think, where did that come from? I wasn't even thinking right. about that topic. <laughs> yeah, and What's it, going and on it, here? It, well, and, that, and that's where, that, that's so frustrating. And, and at the same time, it shows where this ongoing challenge for us is. You know, and, and I do believe if we start getting this word out to younger and younger generations, where the, the young people that I, I, I have seen young people do amazing things, 15-year-olds that start to understand this change the direction of their life drastically when they start implementing these programs. Mm, yeah. it, it's, it, and, and, you know, I, it took me into my, I, I don't know, almost 35, 40 years of age before I really understood what I was doing here with this. And that, that was a, that's a power that I would have loved to have tapped into in my early 20s. Oh, me too. And, and I'm still learning to tap into it. But uh, that's what we do. One day at a time, one step at a time, we keep tapping into it more and more. And Joel, unfortunately, we've run into the end of our period here, but uh, it's been a pleasure as usual. Well, it's great to, great to be with you this week, and I can't wait to uh, see what we come up with next week. Well, let's do it then. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.